Fighting for freedom every day. Broadcasting from the heartland of America. The next generation in conservative talk radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is the middle of the week and greatest day of the entire week, man. You are making it. You see the light at the end of the tunnel and you are ready to rock and roll for a whole another one as you get off work today. Hopefully heading out, doing your thing, having some you time, which is what you mostly deserve. Pat yourself on the back. You made it through another day. Welcome into it. So wonderful to have you with us. This is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas. On our flagship radio station, we are all over the country, multiple radio stations and TV and live streaming and podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. It is so wonderful to have you with us here, your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. We have so much to cover today, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be like another day of The Voice of Reason, which is what we do on the show each and every day. Tony Lyons, he'll be joining us at the bottom of this hour. He is the co-founder of American Values 2024. He's also the president of Skyhorse Publishing. We've talked to him before about censorship and trying to promote conservative books in society. Sometimes that is a bit of a challenge with the way the media works, and the New York Times obviously does not like conservative books out there. Amazon trying to keep it suppressed a little bit as well, but Skyhorse Publishing rocking it with trying to promote conservative books that they publish and try to promote out there. But uh, we'll talk about censorship on that front, but he's also the co-founder of that American Values 2024. And if you have not heard of American Values 2024, it is a super PAC going into the presidential race that is supporting Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Yeah, I know. So we'll talk with him about that, why he's supporting Robert F. Kennedy Jr., what the super PAC's doing, and some of the censorship going on with that campaign. Will that be the upset in this general election coming up in November? It will be fascinating to watch how much support that rfk jr has had i have warned you that we need to take this serious we cannot blow it off like before oh it's another third party independent candidate oh it's not going to get a whole lot usually i say that because i always tell you that party trumps person in the general election whether we like it or not that's the reality of the situation because of the power because of the money and because the vast majority of us are registered either as republicans or as democrats and it's very difficult for a third party candidate to gain any traction. Now, I am here to say, as much as I enjoy some of the aspects of Robert F. Kennedy Jr., I've said that many times before, I enjoy him. I enjoy the fact that he's aware of the threat that the federal government holds. Uh, Obviously, being part of the Kennedy family that's had numerous assassinations in the family and how the federal government has supposedly, allegedly been behind some of that stuff, that he's aware of that. He is against the big pharma industry. He's kind of beats to his own drum. And I like that. The Democrats have outcast him, which is why he's running as an independent, and Republicans like him to a degree because of that, also concerned about his stance on gun rights and other issues as well. So I'm not agreeing with him on all of his policy, but he has some fascinating takes on a lot of issues, and I think he's going to pull away from both sides of the aisle. The question is how much and how much of an impact will he have? So we'll have that conversation all coming up at the bottom. We have the campaign trail right now, man, which is hilarious to watch. This is for those of you political junkies out there. This is the time of year. This is the season for you to enjoy as much of this political junkiness as we possibly can. What's trending today? Not only the New Hampshire primaries, which we will get to here in just a moment, but Joe Biden still on the campaign trail, man. He's been jacked up with enough steroids, I guess, for a while to at least 
try to coherently get his message across, which he didn't do a very good job of apparently last night. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the minimum America unless you want to get the benefits. Who did? <laughs> Who did Jinka? What? What was that again? Right, let's play that one more time. Can you make that out? Don't let's teach Donald Trump a lesson. Don't mess with. We'll teach Donald Trump a, a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the minimum American unless you want to get the benefits. Yeah, I mean, that's our fearless leader right now for the United States. He was on the campaign trail and not necessarily even campaigning in New Hampshire. In fact, he was in the Rust Belt in the Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois area, talking to a lot of the labor unions where the United Auto Workers, shockingly, has endorsed Joe Biden as president of the United States. This headline from the latest out of CBS News. Who will stand up with us? And who will stand in our way? So if our endorsements must be earned, Joe Biden has earned it. You almost sound militant, don't they? Who's going to stand with us and who's going to get in our way? This is the same guy that's talked about a revolution by getting more people into the unions. And we're going to overhaul the entire private sector. And we're going to unite and have it all at the same time. And we're going to do these mass walkouts. He almost seems like a cult-like militant leader that's the head of the United Auto Workers, along with other labor unions around the nation as well. And you know my thoughts on labor unions. I'm not going to go down that road again today, but they almost sound extremely militant. And the only person that's going to go with them are the ones like Joe Biden, who went on the strike with the labor workers, auto union workers, a while, a few months ago, and said that, yeah, pretty much my policies are so terrible, you have to make more money because you're not making enough as a livable wage. So you essentially have to make $90,000 as a labor union worker in order to survive in my economy, which is what Joe Biden was telling them. And while we see the ongoing transition from the building actual vehicles to building electric vehicles and a lot of jobs being lost, the UAW continues to shoot themselves in the foot. And surprisingly, so many workers continue to stand with them in their own suicide lineup and firing squad. So I guess kudos to you and congratulations for doing some ridiculous things against your own agenda. But I mean, when you have a leader like this, why not earn their vote, right? Don't teach <laughs> Donald Trump a, a valuable lesson. Don't. Mess with the women on the Yeah, there it is. All right, let's get into the Republican primaries that happened in New Hampshire yesterday. Obviously, you know that Donald Trump won. He won with well over 50% of the votes. And in fact, he broke records yesterday with the most amount of votes of any candidate in New Hampshire for a presidential primary. So that should be a telltale sign here. Now, I said yesterday on the program that this was going to be the ultimate test, the Donald Trump versus Nikki Haley test. And while I said as well, that Nikki Haley, I think, is fine for her to stay in the race, more for a psychological experiment to figure out what can win over somebody on the Republican side if Donald Trump is the person that they absolutely hate and they have that, you know, Trump derangement syndrome, they despise him with a passion, that what it's going to take to win them over and support a Republican ticket. So Nikki Haley has value right now within the Republican Party, even though we all kind of admit even her side is starting to admit she really doesn't have a path forward to become the nominee for the Republicans. The only way that happens is if Donald Trump all of a sudden gets behind bars or he's not allowed to run for some reason, which is extremely unlikely to actually happen. But let's look at the numbers here, shall we? Because I said yesterday that yesterday was the perfect telltale sign that everything was in line for Nikki Haley. She sunk a massive amount of money into the campaign. She invested a bunch of time in their campaigning. That was going to be her stronghold to come back and show the world that she's still a viable candidate. And she needed to really run away 
with a massive amount of votes to even if not win, at least come within one to two points, which did not happen. Now, what did happen is that Donald Trump racked up the most amount of uh, votes that had ever been cast for a presidential candidate in the state of New Hampshire, coming in at 163,713 votes that have been cast. According to the New York Times, that was counted as of earlier this morning. 163,000. The most amount prior to that was Bernie Sanders receiving 152,000, which is kind of interesting. Now, I want to remind you that a primary and a caucus are very different. In a state primary, which is what New Hampshire was, was different than what Iowa was as a caucus. In a primary, if you're a Republican, you vote on a Republican ballot. If you're a Democrat, you vote as a Democrat ballot. But if you're unregistered or unaffiliated or independent, you can still vote and you get to choose what ballot that you want to vote on. You get to choose. Now, that can potentially open up the door for shenanigans. That is vastly different from a caucus to where if you are unaffiliated or independent, you don't vote at all because the Republican caucus or the Republican Party holds their caucus. The Democrat Party holds their caucus. So only the registered members of their party get to actually go and vote in a primary. Independent voters get to go and then choose what ballot they want. In this one, two thirds of the Republican Party voted for Donald Trump. Nikki Haley came in as well with coming in with more votes than what Joe Biden had, although that was kind of a write-in because Joe Biden wasn't really focusing on New Hampshire. But Nikki Haley came in with the most amount of undeclared and independent voters in the state of New Hampshire. Now, that could tell us a few different things. Number one, to me, that reiterates the argument that I had that Nikki Haley does hold some type of viable purpose as a presidential candidate to see where the independent voters are to see what they stand for, and to see how to potentially win them over. Are they going to someone like Donald Trump when they have the opportunity to do so, or are they going with someone else because they are, quote-unquote, never Trumpers and absolutely despise Donald Trump? Now, that still opens up the Pandora's box for a wide range of what independents mean. I'm a moderate. I'm the middle of the road. I'm a non-affiliated. I mean, I don't know what exactly what that means, because if you're moderate, I don't know what that actually stands for. As I, I'm like kind of on this side, but kind of on the other side, bro. Like <laughs> to me, that doesn't make any sense. But I, I, you can. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't. Good for you. If you say you're moderate, I just don't know what that actually means. You can believe whatever you want to, man. Yeah, you can believe whatever you want to. I don't really care, but I'm just curious on what moderatism actually means in today's times. But if you are a progressive independent, if you're a conservative independent, just doesn't like the two-party system, where do you actually fall on that spectrum? CNN interviewed a few of those yesterday during the primaries, and this is kind of what they had to say. Nikki Haley. And why did you vote for Nikki Haley? It's a vote against Trump. I think it would be better to have her against Biden in the elections than it would be Trump. Do you consider yourself generally independent, Republican or Democrat? Democrat. So when you undeclared, you voted for Nikki Haley. If it was Nikki Haley against Joe Biden in a general election, who are you voting for? Joe Biden. I mean, that can't be the voice for every independent in the state of New Hampshire. But I'm pretty sure that that's a large portion of what received in Nikki Haley. So uh, which is blows my mind again. I mean, you have Democrats that think that they should dictate or at least I'm sorry, independents that are not that are Democrat leaning that think that they should dictate what the party's 
platform should be or what the party's candidate should be. I don't like Donald Trump, so even though I won't vote for Nikki Haley in the general election, I want her to be the nominee for the Republicans because I think that she deserves it more so than Donald Trump. Even though I'm not affiliated with that party or have any skin in the game within that party, I'm going to dictate to them and tell them what their candidate should be because I really don't like the other guy, and I want those two to match up so that way she can lose in the general election. Like, that's the mindset that I get from that. And I don't understand that logic, but there are a lot that just truly they, they have an ego and a control freak mentality that they should think that they have the ability to dictate what the other party's candidates should actually be. Welcome to the mainstream media. Welcome to Democrats who don't like to let other people just live their lives the way that they want to live their lives. And again, this isn't the summation of the entire independent voter voters out there in the state of New Hampshire, but I'm pretty sure that there are a good amount of those that did that that are probably left-leaning, and that said, I despise Donald Trump so much that instead of voting for a Democrat who we already know is going to be there as a Democrat candidate that is Joe Biden, we're going to vote Republican, and we're going to vote for Nikki Haley, which she received the most amount of the undeclared and independent votes in the state. It's good to know from the sense that independents and and, uh, non-affiliated are not supporting Donald Trump, but are they really going to matter in the general election? That's where the big question lies. Are they right-leaning independents that don't want to see Trump and would rather support Nikki Haley? Or are they Democrat independents, left-leaning independents, that want to sabotage the Republicans by voting for someone like Nikki Haley? That's what we have to start deciphering and start breaking down. Because if they are right-leaning, then let's talk to them and figure out what we can do to win them over with the ongoing assumption that Donald Trump's going to be the presidential nominee for the Republican side and what type of vice president, uh, vice presidential candidate that he should choose that could potentially win them over. Or are the Democrats like that? Yeah, I want Nikki Haley to be the Republican candidate. Well, between her and Biden, who would you choose? Oh, Biden. But I want Nikki Haley rather than Trump for the Republicans because I don't like Trump. This is the voice of reason. With Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. These numbers are fascinating with the returns from New Hampshire. Now, as you know, I'm a bit of a dork. I enjoy numbers and crunching the numbers. I enjoy the political consulting side of things to try and analyze where people's mindsets are psychologically. So bear with me as I dig deep into the weeds here for just a moment, but I think you would enjoy this as well to understand the mindset on what the general election may look like in this outcome. We have Donald Trump that received the most amount of votes in a presidential primary in New Hampshire history, coming in at 163,000 votes yesterday in New Hampshire. The previous one was Bernie Sanders at 152,000. That really shows that Democrats are riled up at this time, Republicans are riled up at this time. Now, that being said, with independents and unaffiliated being allowed to vote in the state's primary in New Hampshire, that really does reinforce the mindset that are they influencing the election is according to the returns here nikki haley received more of the undeclared and independent voters in the election last night she received even more than what joe biden had she received more than donald trump because my first question was that if the he received more votes than any other presidential primary candidate in the past was it something of a sabotage to try and get him into that to be the voice and or to be the the uh, Republican candidacy in order to beat him in the general election like that candidate before or that that voter that they interviewed on CNN saying maybe I want Trump to be in there because that way Joe Biden has an easier time to win because so many people hate Donald Trump. 
if you remember, and I had this message on one of the live feeds here, that do you remember Operation Chaos that Rush Limbaugh had advocated for back in 2008, where he had people actually register as Democrats to vote for Hillary to keep the battle going between her and Barack Obama? That stuff does happen. I don't think it happens to a large grand scale, but I think it does happen. And if there were any time for Democrats to do that, it would be at a time where they're pretty sure what their Democrat candidate will be, which is Joe Biden. So there wasn't really any enthusiasm for them to turn out and actually vote. So was that a possibility? Possibly, although I don't think it was. Although, according to the polls, they say that near... What was it? Here was it. Uh, Two thirds of the voters said that they were very conservative, part of the MAGA movement and supporters of Donald Trump. 30 percent said they were moderates and the vast majority of those moderates went for Nikki Haley, even though Donald Trump broke that record and saw a massive gain over Nikki Haley in those polls or in the in the outcomes from yesterday's election. So that begs the question again from a person looking at the later on down primaries coming down the line here for the next few months and going into a general election, the vast majority are independent voters that voted for Nikki Haley and a large portion of them potentially could be left leaning independents wanting Nikki Haley over Donald Trump to be in that general election, but doesn't plan to vote for Nikki Haley in the general election. And that should be a sign. This is my message to you, Republican voters out there and for the Republican leadership in every state and the RNC at a nationwide level that pandering to the quote unquote moderate independent crowd to the nth degree should be something that we should reconsider. Now, that's not saying that we're not the big umbrella allowing people to come in if they have conservative principles to them, but it is saying that Democrats or those that pretend to not be Democrats while they register as independents or unaffiliated across the nation, that we need to be aware of them because just like the media for so many years, it helped us choose Mitt Romney, that helped us choose John McCain, that helped us choose George W. Bush, that helped us choose other Republicans throughout the years, that they're the ones that influence us saying, oh, hey, they are easier to work across the aisle with. They're the ones that are more moderate. They're the ones that we would support. They're the ones that are totally like in middle of the road where we can get along with them so much easier. We should totally go down that road because it's easier for them to win. And if you've seen the results of any of those elections, that every time that we've tried that, we've lost big time. We tried the whole, my friends, my friends, just straight talk express. Remember that, John McCain? Not to make fun of him. I know he's a war hero, but at the same time, come on. That was one of the worst candidates that we had. Mitt Romney, they had one of the worst voter turnouts in Republicans in a very long time because he was the moderate and because we were pandering to people that liked him in the primaries but wouldn't vote for him in the general election because they went to the Democrat side. When are we going to learn our lesson? And I think the Trump's record voter turnout yesterday was a sign that there's still a lot of energy and momentum behind Donald Trump. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. So wonderful to have you with us today for a middle of the week, Wednesday, greatest day of the entire week. It's time for you to carpe diem all over this place is what we try to tell you each and every day. Cramming that 10 pounds reason into that five pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. Hey, if you get a chance, check out the website, whosyourreason.com. H-O-O-S-E-R reason.com. We've been changing some things around a little bit. We're going to be adding some new features to it soon. If I can figure out how to do it, because I am not tech savvy, but I, you, me, myself, and I 
<laughs> working on that website. So uh, to go check it out, some great stuff. We've kind of rearranged some things, made it a little bit more organized, which is nice. And uh, some other stuff on there as well. So go check it out. Also, our social media at Hoosier Reason. Real quick, before we shift gears here, Tony Lyons, not able to join us. We'll get him rescheduled. He's got some prior arrangements and uh, running late on some other interviews. So we'll get him on a little bit later. But to finish off this conversation, again, these numbers are intriguing to me because New Hampshire really is the one that swings back and forth depending on the flavor of the day with Donald Trump breaking the record for the most amount of votes in a presidential primary coming in at 163,000. Now, again, you can say that Donald Trump's losing momentum. And in fact, according to Mediaite.com, which is a left-wing source for sure, saying that 35% of Republicans will not vote for Trump in the general election. Now, now, hold on. That being said, that being said, with 35% saying that they won't vote for him, majority of them, I'm guessing, being the ones that voted for Nikki Haley, where she came in at, what, 40-some-odd, low 40% range there. She was about 10 to 15 points behind Trump in the election outcome yesterday, that 35% won't vote for Donald Trump. Okay, but who else is voting for Donald Trump? Because if he broke the record for the most amount of votes coming in, then somebody else is excited about him. Either Republicans who turned out and just it was the mass voter turnout that was a good thing for the state of New Hampshire, or it's someone outside of the party, which would be very encouraging as well. Just to let you know that prior to Donald Trump winning that with 163,000 and Bernie Sanders coming in at 152,000, holding that record prior to that, the general election numbers were also dramatically lower from last time. Donald Trump in the last election in 2016 received 100,000 votes. And again, this time for the primary, he received 162,000. So the numbers up from when he ran even the first time. Mitt Romney back in 2012, uh, 2012 had 95,000 votes. 2008 for New Hampshire had John McCain at 88,000 votes. George W. Bush in 2004 had 53,000 votes. John McCain was a little bit higher, sitting at about 115. Pat, Pat Buchanan back in 1996 had 56,000 votes. So it kind of varies back and forth, but very interesting. With these numbers, I think Hillary Clinton back in 2008 in the primaries had 112,000. Again, Donald Trump coming in just over 100,000 and Mitt Romney at 95. So uh, that, again, lack of enthusiasm for that quote unquote moderate candidate was there and it still is there. The moderate candidate may get the nice bump in the primaries with the other side being like, oh, yeah, they're totally easy, much easier to work with. But in the general election, would you vote for him? No, no, we wouldn't do such a thing like that. Just like what we heard from the voter at CNN. Nikki Haley. And why did you vote for Nikki Haley? Uh, It's a vote against Trump. I think it would be better to have her against Biden in the elections than it would be Trump and her. Do you consider yourself generally independent, Republican or Democrat? Democrat. So when you undeclared you voted for Nikki Haley. If it was Nikki Haley against Joe Biden in a general election, who are you voting for? Joe Biden. I don't know why that makes a whole lot of sense for Republicans to be like, let's go ahead and pander to more of those crowd, because we've seen that from the RNC for a lot of years, which is why Mitch McConnell in the last election didn't sink a lot of campaign funds into big races like Kerry Lake or the senator down in Arizona or the Senate race up in Alaska and other places where we could have won, maybe changed the tide a little bit and actually had a majority in the Senate right now if we would have focused on them. But the reason they didn't was because they didn't like the conservative votes. They wanted the more moderate candidates, and they didn't want to support those conservatives. Mitch McConnell has always been one that would 
feel, uh, that feels so much better as being the minority leader by saying he can't do anything without the majority, but then when he gets the opportunity to win a majority, he doesn't actually want it because he likes to complain about things as opposed to being an action doer. And you know that the politicians are all about being action doers, right? I mean, Kamala Harris also said that during an and I almost said it without without laughing. Kamala Harris did a sit down interview lately and talked about the action doers that are from the politicians. Sixty eight percent of Americans disapprove of the way the Biden administration has handled the border. So how do you address that? Sure. Have you done enough? Big breath. Our, there's no question. Our immigration system is broken and it needs to be fixed. And as with any problem then leaders will participate, true leaders, in the solution. (laughs) This is the leadership that we have right now, and this is what the UAW ended up endorsing. Hey, we got Joe Biden out there on the campaign trail saying we are going to do some awesome stuff. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the women in America unless you want to get the benefit. Then we have Kamala Harris on the campaign trail as well, saying that, you know, with got to do the deep breath. Maybe she's going into meditation when she does these interviews. There we are. Hey, 68 percent of people say that you guys suck on immigration policy and you as the immigration czar that was put in place under the Biden administration. How do you feel about this as the ones that aren't actually doing anything? Well, I guess we have to we got to let you know that. Take that deep breath in. What are we doing? Our there's no question. Our immigration system is broken. And it needs to be fixed. And as with any problem, then leaders will participate, true leaders, in the solution. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. And the Republicans cave, they cower, they love being the minority. Because if we had the majority right now, we would have immigration policy done. We would have a budget done. We would throw it to the Biden administration and say, sign it or close down the government and it's all your fault. Because while Barack Obama was intimidating and knew how to play the mass of the media, the media is the one holding up the hype of Joe Biden. And right now it's just not working. Now, I will say that for the first time, I actually saw a bit of a crowd at a Joe Biden rally where the UAW ended up endorsing him. So there is at least some type of movement. It's kind of strange to see because he stumbles his way through it and people are like, oh, that's great. We love this stuff. But it's wild to think that this is the state of politics today. And for the RNC and for Mitch McConnell and for the old guard of the Republicans to continue to attack against the conservatives, then we have a serious problem. In fact, if you saw the headline, we broke it during the show yesterday. I didn't get a whole lot of chance to talk about it, but the headline of the audio was leaked from the chairman from the Arizona GOP that back just a few months ago, trying to find a major corporation to bribe Carrie Lake to not run for the Senate seat because they don't want her in that Senate seat and wanted to offer her a nice cushy job in the private sector with a corporation to make some nice money and then to step away from the election. Obviously, that didn't happen. And Carrie Lake on the campaign trail running for the Senate right now in the state of Arizona. And now that audio is leaked. And now, according to the headlines from Breitbart.com today, that the chairman of the Arizona Republican Party has officially stepped down. Why? Because we're cleaning out the corruption. And because the Republican Party is still the Republican Party's own worst enemy. And for you as the voter for the Republican Party and the conservative movement, the Republican Party, unfortunately, is still your worst enemy. And as much as we hate that, we still register as Republicans. Why? Because we understand what the movement's about. 
And we can either run away like the libertarians did, just to pick on you for just a moment, libertarians. We can run away like the libertarians did and start our own party and be a third party that never gains any traction and never actually does anything substantial. Or we can stick in the battle and fight for it together and try to win the libertarians back over, which has been my goal with this show for a long time, to win the libertarians back over and say, yes, we don't like structured two-party systems. However, until we get that system fixed, the only way to fix it is to do it internally from within and not allow the two parties to be the two different flavors of the same bird flying from the two different wings. We need to be our own party of constitutionalism, of conservatism, of limited governmentism. And we don't do that by enforcing our own social laws through the government and trying to regulate morality through the government, which is what some individuals try to do through their big government mindset, but be true, limited government individuals. That we are the American, uh, we are the nation with the streets paved with gold, the Statue of Liberty with the opportunity for everyone, allowing people to come in legally and allow us to actually thrive and flourish, start our own business and make a living for our family and set our children up for success. That's what we're about. And when we talk about those issues, then we win. I mentioned the Republican platforms and the agendas of the platform coming up for state parties. With state parties having their state conventions here in the next month or two all over the country, all the state Republican parties meeting and setting their platforms and what they want to stand for. And I mentioned that we win when we keep it simple. You know, the kiss. Keep, keep it simple, stupid, right? We win this issue when we don't try to uh, micromanage every single issue with we have to have a stance on this one in our platform. No, we don't. We stand on the principles of limited government. And then whenever an issue pops up, we refer to that and we say, this is where we stand on it because this fits in with our values. How do you support gun regulation? Well, we defer back to the second amendment that says that, that it shall not be infringed period. End of story. So that's where we stand on the issue. Does that bill fall in line with that? Then we'll either support it or not support it. We don't have to have a specific agenda policy for every issue. And Republicans right now, the big Republicans, the RNC and so many's within inside there right now, the Mitch McConnell's, they're trying to say we're conservative on the campaign trail while having years of experience of being the moderates and tr shutting out conservatives behind the scenes. And I think we're done with that. And I think that's why Nikki Haley ended up receiving so many of the independent votes because they just don't like Trump. But Trump represents the non-politician, even still, after all these years in politics, represents that non-politician that wants to go in and overturn those tables and fight against the establishment that is both sides of the aisle. And that's why he gained so much support. And conservatives and libertarians and independents that are right-leaning all alike can rally around that and make that a great movement that could be hugely successful. We just have to find a way to win them over with the proper what? PR and messaging. What a concept. With Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Just a few minutes left here on the show for the middle of the week. Interesting campaign tactics that we are seeing from all sides as we love to break things down for you. As RFK Jr., again, the third party candidate, gaining some traction. We'll talk with Tony Lyons about that later on on the show and get his thoughts as he's created Super Pact American Values 2024. We have the Trump administration or the Trump team just rallying right now. You got to give them credit 
for still keeping that momentum after all these years and running for president again. And we got to give kudos. Let's give kudos to Texas as well. Obviously, the headline from the Supreme Court saying that the feds are going to come in and start cutting out that barbed wire from Texas. The state of Texas coming out and saying, yeah, it's not really going to happen. We're going to keep doing our thing. As headline from Newsmax.com, Texas continues to install their razor wire at the border. So if you want to take it down, you're going to be wasting your time because we're going to be putting it right back up. This is what we need to do. I mentioned it a few days ago, but this ongoing battle against federalism, we're really trying to define ourselves as a nation right now and what we really stand for, what we believe in, and what the process of the rule of law actually is. Because we're supposed to understand what the rule of law is because why? We're America. <laughs> but apparently we're not. So now we have the federal, the Democrats that are trying to centralize power and conservatives trying to say, wait a second, we're going to start pushing back just a little bit against the establishment from the two party system, from the wishy washy rhinos out there, from the deep state, whatever you want to call them. And then, of course, this concept of federalism where Texas like, hey, we're just going to keep putting up this barbed wire, which I say good for you. Good for you. Look at what the Democrats have done with every policy when they don't get their way. They find a new way to do it. The Supreme Court comes out and says, no, you're not allowed to bail out student loans and just cancel student loan debt. Not allowed to do it. So what do they do? They come out with a different plan that does it in a different way. And we just see another $7 billion of student loans being erased as of what, like two or three days ago? I don't think I'm one of those. I haven't checked my student loans yet, but I'm assuming that I'm probably not getting one of those bailouts, nor do I necessarily want one or deserve one because no one deserves one. We have immigration where... Okay, fine, you're not allowed to build the razor wire. Why? Well, it's a federal government duty to handle this issue. Okay, well, what are you doing about it? Well, we're, according to Kamala Harris, we're, we're leading on it, right? Our, there's no question. <laughs> Our immigration system is broken, and it needs to be fixed. And as with any problem, then leaders will participate, true leaders, in the solution. And that's in the solution, yeah. How do you run a campaign like that? You've been in office for four years. You've had a Democrat majority, at least for the first half of that, during the first two years, when you had Democrats in the House and the Senate. Right now, you have a slim majority in, of Republicans in the House of Representatives, but you get to bully them all the time because you kind of dictate things as the spoiled children getting everything that you want and a leadership in Democrats right now in the Senate as well. How do you not run a campaign on positivity on all the good things that you've done? You haven't done that. And in fact, all she says is that good leaders have to lead and they step up to get the solutions. So where are your solutions, Kamala Harris? Kamala Harris? Kamala Harris? However the hell you say your name? Where's the solution? Because good leaders step up for the solution. You haven't had a solution. She tried to say, well, we tried to create a bill and Congress didn't do anything with it when we first got into office. It was a ridiculous bill and everybody knew it. Even Democrats were like, yeah, this is is not a good thing. We probably shouldn't be going down this road because this is going to be really bad with the American public. Now we have more people in than the entire state of what, Tennessee, I think. Is that what they said? Tennessee, Pennsylvania, that have come in since Joe Biden took office and they think that they have a successful campaign here. And they recognize that the immigration problem is still a problem and they recognize that the border's still broken. And the immigration czar herself, as the vice president of the United States, continues to say that we just need better solutions. That's their campaign. Well deserving of those independent and moderate voters who say they vote for Nikki Haley in the presidential primary and vote for Joe Biden in the general election. Well deserving of the support of the UAW forcing the membership dues from their workers is the UAW and then throwing those campaign funds 
behind Joe Biden that wants to push electric vehicles, that wants to cut at least a third of the jobs of the UAW and auto workers altogether with electric vehicles that don't need those jobs any longer, fighting against their own agenda. These issues are so ridiculously stupid, it's very easy for us to win them. Again, it comes down to the PR and the, and the campaign and the messaging from the Republicans that we're actually going to do what we say we're going to do. We're going to actually fight for what we say we believe in, and we're not going to back down. Mitch McConnell, hint, hint, wink, wink. Liz Cheney, hint, hint, wink, wink. Susan Collins, hint, hint, wink, wink. Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski, and so many others. And that's why Donald Trump broke the record for the amount of votes that he received in the New Hampshire presidential primary last night and why I think that momentum is going to continue to build. The 35% of Republicans that say they don't want to vote for Donald Trump in the general election, you have a choice to make. You can either have that or you can have a semi-conservative movement. The choice is yours. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier.